Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're buffoons. Mackey and Judd. They are not buffoons. On 1500 ESPN. Hey! Is Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News, KSTP.com, and the Scoop Podcast, where you had a lengthy interview with Brian Windhorst as we lead into NBA speculation offseason. You got the draft this week. You got free agency opening up here in a couple weeks, so... Go check out that full episode. What's going on, Doogie? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Let's 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 go right into Timberwolves here. Um, let's just like any nuggets from Brian Windhorst that you found to be interesting or move the ball forward regarding either the Wolves or I think the Wolves are one of those teams kind of waiting for other dominoes to fall maybe too. Because uh, if LeBron James goes, if the Wolves are going after with their limited room, they have a mid level exception, but they could bring in some veteran minimum guys, but. Those guys are going to wait to see where LeBron lands, right? Okay, should I go play for the Warriors? Should I go play for the Lakers? Should I go play for whoever else? Cleveland? Does he go back to Cleveland? So um, what? let's just start with nuggets from Wendy from your Scoop podcast. Well, he certainly was pretty open about the fact that Jamal Crawford didn't like Tibbs. And as we've said for a while, I know the date is still a couple days away, but it's pretty much official. I mean, he's let them know. Yeah through his agent, that he won't be back. He will exercise his player option. Jamal Crawford has zero interest in returning to the Wolves. Now, I'm sure a lot of fans say, you know what? Good riddance. Right? I mean, you look at his numbers, he had a very pedestrian season. Maybe worse than that. Now, I still contend, and I'm admittedly biased because I've gotten to know Jamal long Mm -hmm. before he came here. But I actually think he won them some games. But you can make the case he had a disaster of a season. So I get it. A lot of Wolves fans, I think, Phil, you're in this boat. You're like, Jamal, goodbye. Thanks for everything. Yeah. See you later. I but think I can he just can tell help, you. He can help teams. But not it's he he said it in you know, he said it on the record with Johnny K this week, Jamal himself. This team is not a good fit for him and vice versa. It just wasn't. There's too many guys who need the ball and they just have too many deficiencies with defense and three-point shooting, and he didn't help you in any of those ways. So. That's why I just don't get why they didn't sign Gerald Green. Gerald Green was begging for a job. Yeah. Last September, he comes here for a free agent workout. He would have signed here in a heartbeat. He's a guy that just catches it and he shoots it. He doesn't need to be on the ball. So, yes, in many ways, Jamal was never a good fit. Whether he ends up with the Warriors, yeah, who knows? Maybe LeBron ends up with the Lakers. He goes that route. He will land somewhere. I think he signs for the biannual. I don't think he's a veteran minimum guy, but maybe he's a veteran minimum guy. The Warriors did have interest in Jamal a year ago. But yeah, I mean, you can make a case that, that yeah, he just, he wasn't a good fit. And yeah, he's on the record. But, but yeah, Brian went on the record, you know, pretty strong. And we've talked around this, but Brian was pretty strong. And certainly Brian has a good relationship with Jamal. And Brian said, yeah, Jamal just doesn't like Tibbs. 
didn't like it here. You right. know, I mean, family wise, you know, everything. I mean, he loved living in the West Metro, all that good stuff. But, but team wise, you know, everything that entailed being a member of the Timberwolves, he just didn't like. He was ready to get the bleep out of here. Also from Brian, you know, he certainly talked around Carl Anthony Towns, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, stuff we've talked about. You know, Brian's words were, you know, they have some things to iron out. You know, as I've said, these are adults. Just get into a room, have adult conversations. They can figure out those issues. But yes, do I believe that Carl Anthony Towns was upset when Vince LaGarza, his favorite coach, was let go? Yeah. I think that is pretty accurate, but I'm just telling you. Just have adult conversations. Those issues can be figured out. I guess maybe not all that interesting, maybe more fascinating, but but Brian is a big fan of Nemanja Bialica, yeah. restricted free agent. So he's curious to see the market. There was a national report about a week ago suggesting that both Utah and Phoenix like Bialica. I can tell you that is accurate. I think there are more teams than that that have an interest. But the Wolves can always match, but I guess that depends on what they do with their mid-level, how close they are to the luxury tax. You know, so it's going to be an interesting stretch here, you know, of of two or three weeks. I mean, tomorrow's the deadline on Cole Aldrich. He's under contract next year at $6.96 million. That is not fully guaranteed. So we know that Cole Aldrich is not a member of the Wolves next year at $6.96 million. The deadline is tomorrow night. A shade under $2 million is what's guaranteed. So more than likely, the Wolves are going to waive Cole Aldrich by tomorrow night. But there's still some dialogue in terms of can you find a potential trade partner? You'd have to add a sweetener, but could you do something bigger? You know, Gorgie, Aldrich, does it involve the pick? And you'd have to do it in the next 24 hours, basically. Yeah, because then the other team would want to waive Aldrich. I mean, you're taking on Cole just to get rid of him. I mean, I think what the Wolves may end up doing is if you can't find a trade partner, you waive him and you stretch him. So you can stretch that $2 million cap hit over three seasons. So in terms of how close they are to the luxury tax, it might make more sense to take like $700,000 cap hits, you know, six fifty, whatever the math is on $1.96 million divided by three. Take that over a three-year stretch versus just taking that $1.94, $1.96 million cap hit immediately. But we know that that decision is is forthcoming. So look for news on Cole Aldrich tomorrow. By the way, on Aldrich, I am told, here's here's a scoop. He recently had a PRP injection for an Achilles injury, platelet-rich plasma. He was in a walking boot. His Achilles? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a new injury. I was going to say, it can't be new. Just wear and tear. Yeah, well, when I mean, you don't play, it can't yeah, be new. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think he competes in practice, but yes, he didn't get on <laughs> he the court. He played in games in as games. much as I did from press row. Yeah, but I'm told that, that the injection, the PRP injection, has no bearing. It's not like there's any you know insurance protection, injury protection, anything like that. It has no bearing on what the Wolves will do tomorrow. So again, look for the Wolves to part ways in some fashion with Cole Aldrich. So, Doogie, when, when we go to, down this path of Crawford uh, privately at least not being pleased with Tibbs, the Gerald Green thing, you, you brought, brought up a few times. Yeah, the I mean, fact, I'm a broken record on yeah, that, but no, I mean, he but, I mean, wanted to be here. You brought up the, the fact that there have been uh, calls made by agents that, that have not been returned. What do you think, or what's the going perception of Tibbs as both an executive and coach right now uh, as you try and recruit guys here and say, hey, you know, Jamal's gone, so come and sign here. What's the perception of this franchise right now, in your opinion, around this league? You know, it depends on who you talk to. 
there are some people who think the world of Tibbs. I mean, I know that Luol Deng is broken right now, that Joe Kim Noah is broken right now, but think about all the millions of dollars those two guys have made in large part because of Tom Thibodeau. Sure, but they're Derek now. Rose was nothing for the last year plus, right? Comes here, had a bit of a resurgence. There are guys that swear by Tom Thibodeau. I can tell you there are some agents who absolutely hope their client lands at pick 20. Maybe in large part because you get the guaranteed contract. You'd rather have your guy go 20 than 34. But there are some agents that say, hey, they just don't have enough wings. Even if Tibbs shows a reluctancy to play rookies, he won't have a choice. They just don't have guys. So I can just just tell you, there are agents who hope their guys land here. But yeah, there are certainly agents that wouldn't have their clients work out here because of the toxic nature of everything and maybe just some past bitterness. Is the okay? The toxic nature uh, of everything that you've reported on, and we've seen so many different platforms and publications hint at it. And there's just there's so much smoke here. Is it fixable? I mean, is it something when you talk about on the Towns uh, Butler and and Tom Thibodeau front, like is is that part of it fixable? Is is the tension between Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau fixable, or is it just? Hey, Tom Thibodeau is going to be kind of a short-term guy, and he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. And whether it's after this year or next year, and if you don't win big in the next two years, then that's just going to be the end of it. I mean, how? Where do things stand, and how fixable are things? I mean, it could be both, right? I mean, I think the issues are fixable, but he also might get canned. I mean, I'm not thinking it's too much of a stretch that one year from now we're talking about new leadership here. I mean, I just don't think that's asinine when you look at the landscape in the West, expectations heading into next year. I mean, if the Wolves go one and done again, losing five games in the first round, then Tibbs has two years, $16 million left in his deal. Glenn Taylor might say, hey, three years, enough is enough. It's time to make a change, especially if you end up losing Jimmy Butler. Like if Jimmy doesn't sign an extension this summer and financially just doesn't make sense for Jimmy to sign an extension this summer, if you're Jimmy, you absolutely need to wait. You wait until the summer of 2019, you exercise the option, the opt-out, so you become a free agent, and if you want to re-sign with the Wolves then, that's fine, but you can make more money waiting a year, you know? But if Jimmy ends up leaving in a year, that's when Glenn might say, yeah, I mean, come on, Tom, I mean, we thought Jimmy would be here long-term, sorry, you know, we didn't have the success we were looking for. I still think adults just just have conversations. It doesn't feel like there's a lot planned beyond this year. And if their chips no, are in this year's basket, they're not going to... It's a year-to-year proposition. But if LeBron yeah. comes to the West, too, if LeBron comes to the Lakers, you're at least fourth in line in the Western Conference if you have a good season because you're behind the Warriors, you're behind the Lakers, and then you're behind the Rockets. So it, it, it just feels like at some point it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns left to clean up the mess with Glenn Taylor in a year or two. Jimmy Butler's not guaranteed beyond this season. All right, well, what would you do then? And by the way, Tibbs is 60 years old. I mean, when you're 60, mm-hmm. when you won in Chicago, you are who you are. You're I, not changing all of a sudden when you're 60 years old. I would pick one of two paths. I think you either have to do anything you can to acquire a Kawhi Leonard or just like literally a one year, let's make this team as good as we can for one year. Um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard would be the one that you sure, would go you the approach Paul them. George route. And now Oklahoma City feels really confident about their chances to retain Paul George. Or if you couldn't put more chips in this year's basket, because right now, I mean, they're probably a playoff team, but 
If they add a couple little three-point shooters here and there, they're not the Warriors. They're not the Lakers with LeBron James. No, but they are or, a playoff team. Or, okay, and that's fine, uh, but then it fizzles anyways when Jimmy Butler leaves and what do you have left other than uh, a bloated Wiggins contract and Carl Anthony Towns? Mm-hmm. Or, and this would never happen because Tom Thibodeau would never allow this to happen, if you, if you thought you couldn't compete in the Western Conference at the highest level this year, shouldn't you then start to do more to stockpile for three years down the road? I would trade Jimmy Butler before the season started. I would trade him in two weeks and get assets for him. If you don't think that he's going to be part of a core that competes in, in the last year of his contract, then get rid of him and trade him before his knee blows up again. I don't think you hit reset after one year, though. I okay, mean, if that's but, but, the idea, then you keep Laurie Markinen, who, oh, by the way, had a really good rookie year for the Bulls. Glenn Taylor was on the podcast a year ago right after the draft. He said Markinen was their guy. If they stayed at pick seven last year, they were going to take Laurie Markinen. Yeah. So... It was a year ago, right? So I don't think you hit the reset button. I mean, they could right now have Chris Dunn, who at least is a capable backup. He had some moments Mm -hmm. for the Bulls. I mean, he can be a rotation guy. I don't know if he'll ever be a star, but you could have Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Laurie Markkinen right now. I mean, imagine if you had those three with Wiggins, with Towns. Then presumably you don't sign Taj Gibson. But, but Dukes, that's not Tibbs' plan. Tibbs' plan. No, it's not. T- Tibbs' so plan is saying, to try. So I'm telling Phil, is that going to hit the reset button? I think the fatal flaw. I think it's very s- simple to say that these adults should sit down and have a conversation. But I think the fatal flaw here is this: you got Glenn, who's Glenn, and you got Tibbs, who's got ultimate power, and you don't have a third adult in that that room to say to say to Tibbs, Tom, calm down, let's have a conversation here. And the way that Tibbs is wired and the way Tibbs doesn't see a, a plan. What Tibbs sees is I have to win. I'm going to try and win right now. And and that's why I've soured on this entire thing because and this is my fault. I didn't think that through. But they would be better off if this is the plan. If Tibbs is going to be the coach in 2018, 19, which he will be. Then I think the plan should be go get uh, go and try and do your best to get another superstar, combine them with with this group because this is going to be short lived. This is going to be a burst and then it's done, and it can either be a playoff berth or if you get potential uh, person to add to it, a potential star, it can actually be at least some type of playoff run. But I don't see anything here where you're actually going to get these people to sit down and have a discussion that's going to end with Tib saying, you know what, this is a good idea. It's a five year plan. Oh, I think you're I right. I just don't think it happens. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Now, who is that superstar? I mean, I guess Kawhi Leonard is the obvious one that comes mm-hmm. to mind. You know, but everybody's chasing Kawhi, and there's still a chance that Kawhi stays with the Spurs. They can pay him the most $215 million. Like, he's already, and all he's those stories already, are out there. He's already floated that he wants out, though. So I think he's, yeah, well, he's probably thought about that who, aspect. Who, though? I mean, the word is Leonard and Popovich have not sat down and talked. I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess if I had to bet, Leonard ends up elsewhere in a trade. But I'm just saying, I'm not dismissing the possibility of Leonard actually staying in San Antonio. So, who else would that be? By the way, on Glenn, I'm telling you, I'm convinced, if they had lost the Denver game at the end of the regular season, somebody's head was going to roll. I don't think it was Tibbs. Maybe it was Layden, maybe it was somebody but Layden, else. Layden, but I also let's think, be honest, who cares? I can tell you, there are people that have gone to Glenn to say, are you sure you want to keep rolling with this model, this outdated model? Well, they're not wrong. Of the guy having all that control of one guy? They're not, they are not wrong. They're not wrong. No, I'm with you. So Glenn has been told that. I think Glenn has contemplated that. What's also interesting on Glenn is I have reached out to Glenn yet again in the last 72 hours. He has gone silent. 
And I've always said this. Glenn is as accessible an owner as there is. Forget this town. Forget the NBA. In all of sports, he really is. He does interviews. He has gone silent since, really, since the Rick Brunson fiasco. Okay, so I don't know if he's embarrassed by that, whatever it might be, but he just doesn't want to answer Wolf's questions right now. I'm convinced at some point he'll start doing interviews again. I don't think he's going silent forever, but it is interesting that Glenn isn't willing to do interviews right now. So, okay, one last thing on this, and then we'll because we're up against the clock, and we want to get your draft thoughts quick. But um, if if we all agree that the Wolves as currently constructed with a couple little tweaks, you're going to draft a player and then you're going to add uh, a good solid guy off the bench for a mid level exception, and you're going to you know you're going to replace Jamal with someone who can play some defense, whatever. That team, to me, still gets beat in the first round of the playoffs. Let's say they're a six seed. Okay, then they get beat by the Rockets as the three seed or the Lakers with LeBron. So let's so if it's still kind of a get to the playoffs, which is great. But get beat in the first round, and then Jimmy Butler's contract is up, and he's made no guarantees that he wants to hang around. And his body, there's no guarantee, holds up past the age of 29, 30, based on the evidence we've seen. Just if, we, if we know that that's their current reality, and then we start to think about what does this look like in two years, three years, five years, with a, with a generational talent like Carl Anthony Towns, don't you have to be mindful of... All right, like, how do we unlock this roster in three years when the Warriors are coming down the hill, when the Rockets are coming down the hill, even if you've already traded away Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and Laurie Markkinen? You can't just be, oh, blind to whatever is to come after this season. You should be thinking about that right now. And to Judd's point, I don't think they are. I think it's just, let's try to put somebody else on the roster to replace Jamal Crawford so we can win 50 games maybe this season and then run into a roadblock in the Western Conference. Well, I mean, like, maybe you get as high of- as the four seed. Is it a foregone conclusion? I get it that the Lakers are the betting favorite, but do we know right now that LeBron absolutely is going to the Lakers? So could you get as high as potentially the three seed? Jimmy Butler doesn't miss 20-something games next year. He does every year. He has broken down, though. I mean, in theory, if Andrew Wiggins figured it out to a degree, (laughs) you could actually go both routes, right? If you've got Wiggins and Towns. Game changer, yes. And let's say you come up with a decent player at pick 20. I still think Justin Patton has a chance. By the way, he's out of his walking boot, but he's now had two surgeries. And I just, you know, you've got feet issues. I hope so. There's good skill that I'm just telling you. I I think he can play, but it is scary when you're talking about a seven footer with foot issues. With foot issues. I know. But I'm just telling you, you think about Patton. You know, if Wiggins can figure it out, you can actually go both routes, yeah. the year to year proposition. Then you've got this, this youth, right? This, this core of good young players. But I just don't know if Wiggins and Butler your can really coexist long term. Your franchise basically hinges on Andrew Wiggins. Hey, real quick, let's do 30 seconds or a minute draft, any draft nuggets. Grayson Allen was in town. Yeah, he was in town. That. He did not work out last week. He's dealing with a minor injury, nothing serious. But yeah, Grayson Allen was in town. Had dinner with Layden and Tibbs at Bar La Grassa, and then had some interviews last Thursday at Mayo Clinic Square. But yeah, he did not work out. Gary Trent Jr., Apple Valley, Duke, was in yesterday. I still think I've been telling people on Twitter it's more just, you know, a semi-educated guess. But I do think they really like Dante DiVincenzo of Villanova. So I think that's a name to watch. But I also think they're having some trade talks. Could they move back? It's a really good wing draft. Could you move back for a guy like Melvin Frazier of Tulane or Jacob Evans of Cincinnati? Go from 20 to, say, pick 28, 29? And get what? I don't know. I mean, like, what you would need something you? else. I mean, 
Heck, would you have some interest in adding another second? Although I don't think they need two seconds, but they do have that 48th pick. Yeah. I just I think it's a really good draft. I actually think they can get a guy that can maybe help them in a couple of years at pick 48, like a Raleigh Hawkins of Arizona, where they're trying to get in tomorrow for a second workout. Somebody like that. So don't dismiss pick 48, although I know it's a long shot to to hit on a good player at pick 48. But I think they can get a good player. But I, just, I, think they're, I think they're having all sorts of talks. I think the one thing we can dismiss is the idea of them moving up. I mean, unless you're giving up Wiggins, somebody's willing to absorb Wiggins, and it's this just monumental blockbuster trade. I don't think they're looking at going from 20 to, say, you know, pick 13. The Clippers have picks yeah. 12 and 13. So I think it's staying at 20. Packaging 20 with Gorgie Jang. Gorgie's absolutely available. Can you find something maybe with Cole Aldrich in the next 24 hours? So I think they're having all those talks, uh, but I don't look, uh, I don't expect them to, to look to, to move up, you know, for, for any particular player. And then to me, it's just interesting some of the guys that haven't been in town, you know, for whatever reason. Now, maybe they're masking interest, but as far as I can tell, Kyrie Thomas, who I really like from Creighton, hasn't been to town for a workout. So they've brought in 60 players the last four weeks. For workouts, as far as I can tell, Thomas has not been to town. Kata Bates Diop of Ohio State has not been to town. Landry Shamet of Wichita State has not been to town. Lonnie Walker probably goes before pick 20, but I know they tried to get him in for a workout. He hasn't been to town. Aaron Holiday of UCLA is right in that mix. He has not been to town. So to me, it's interesting the guys that haven't been to town. Yeah, great stuff, Doogie. Thanks, Go find Dukes. his Scoop Podcast. All right, see you, boys. Uh, lengthy conversation with Brian Windhorst right now, 1590ESPN.com. Jason Stark in a little over an hour. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Are we ready? Let's get it on. On 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Dave. We'll get to stuff here in just a little bit. Does what I'm saying, I think you and I both agree here, does what I'm saying make sense, which is not that they should absolutely trade Jimmy Butler. I'm just saying, I'm kind of echoing what you're, you're saying, which is, Let's look around the landscape of the Western Conference. And this was the main argument before they traded for Jimmy Butler. Just know that if you trade for Jimmy Butler, you are you're entering win now mode with a guy in his prime. Yes. He's been super fun to watch, but you're entering win now mode in a Western Conference that includes maybe the greatest team in the history of the NBA, the Golden State Warriors of the last 4 years. And those guys are still in their primes. They're all still under contract assuming Kevin Durant goes back. Um there's really been other than some some Lakers, LeBron, Durant rumors, which I think are mostly just unfounded. So do you know what this looks like in three years? Do you know what it's supposed to look like in five years? Because I guarantee Utah does with Mitchell. I think the Boston sim- knows what they're supposed to look I like think, in three years. I think the really simple question is, is, is there a plan here? Other than and, like... Well, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll field a roster. Yeah, that's a plan. But if you look at this team right now and you say to yourself, okay, you're getting good, but is there a, is there a plan here to, to crescendo at some point here within the next five years? I see absolutely no plan there. Yeah. And, and to Doogie's point, if you could get all these people to sit down and say, okay, sit down, shut up, and we have to have a, a coherent discussion about where we're going, and everyone was on the same page, that's fantastic. That, to me, is pie in the sky, that that's going to happen. Because you've got a guy who runs your basketball operations and happens to be the coach of your team, who I think is hell-bent on trying to win as many games as possible. And I also think he's the type of bulldog who is going to run headlong into a brick wall and bounce off it and pass out, and that's it. 
pass out. I mean, he's just going to run into the wall, though. You're you're not. What is the plan? Because yeah, you've got I, you've got you've got cat. Cat is the plan. I get that. But beyond that, and, and if we really think, I mean, do does anybody really think? that Wiggins is going to, starting this coming season, take a huge turn. I don't see it happening here. There's not a, a chance that I see it happening here. Yeah, I don't think it happens in this environment with Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler. I and mean, it's just it, it has looked really clunky so far. So I don't think it happens in this environment. I don't think it's impossible for it to happen at some point. I don't. Maybe it has to happen somewhere else. Right. So my main angst is the fact that that contract kicks in and – Andrew Wiggins is being paid like a guy who's one of the top 20 players in the league, and he's not. He's not one of the top 50 players. He's he's not one of, for my money, he's not one of the top 100 players in the NBA. He's talented. He's one of the top 50 talents. He's one of the top 15 talents, I know what maybe. you're saying. Yeah, you can, yes. But my main angst is when you have, if you just have a roster and you're and you're doing what they were doing with, you know, Corey Brewer a few years ago, and you're doing what they were, they're trying to hit, they're trying to hit on draft picks. Like, okay. Then just throw things at the wall and bring in veterans and see if you can find a mix like Utah. And then, oh, if one of those guys pops, now we got to start figuring this out. Like Donovan Mitchell popped. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you have a talent, a seven footer who through his 22nd birthday is averaging 22 points, 12 rebounds, he's a great passer. He's one of the most efficient scorers in the league and can shoot from 25 feet at a high clip. Mm-hmm. And doesn't play the most defense, but like has components of his game he can. But when you have a player like that, you got to start to think about three five. Like, what does this look like? How are we building this? It can't just be random pieces around it. Because then, guess what you get? You get the late nineties, early two thousands Timberwolves, where it was literally Kevin Garnett, and then let's just put random pieces around him and hope and pray. And maybe at some point we can get past the first round of the playoffs. I think in 2018 in sports, you you need a roster construction that that does not say I hope I hope that we, we can win a championship on a yearly basis. The construction says when do we think that we can win a championship? Yeah. And the answer for sure, even when when Jimmy Butler is healthy, he's one of the best players in the NBA. But he has one year left in his contract, and his health is going to be a huge question mark. Just considering his background, his knee problems. The minutes that he's played, his age, 29 years old, or whatever, 20, I think he's going to be 29 or he's in the 29 yeah, he's range, right? 30, yes. So those are things that I, I guess I'm not really comfortable with this team just going into the year like, all right, well, let's, let's just try and beat the Warriors this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, then trade for Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Which is a pipe dream. Take a shot or start thinking about, <laughs> but your other big problem is this as well. You don't play a style already right now that can beat them. No, you don't. So like, <laughs> so so that's the problem with. Let's say they get that third star. Unless you at least adjust your thinking of your on court mentality, you don't play a style. You're going to once again work your ass off to get two points, and Golden State or Houston's going to come down and shoot a three, and inevitably they're going to get hot and start to make them. Yeah. And now, unless you've adjusted your thinking on how you play basketball, you're going to run into the same problem that you have this past year, and that that going forward with the style that they play, that you're going to have. Yeah. So, so. I, don't know, I just think it needs to. It just needs to feel like you're building towards something as opposed to, well, th- this is it. And if Wiggins were like Doogie was saying, if Wiggins, if you felt like Wiggins was building on something, then you'd just say, oh, awesome. Keep Wiggins and Towns together and then rotate that third superstar, Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's somebody else in two or three years, but it feels like Wiggins is stagnated. So 
I don't know. Uh, Dave's got some stuff when we come back here. What do you got for us? Well, my favorite college football coach has certainly stepped in it the last couple days. We'll get into that. And the Vikings may have a big problem on their hand with their big, uh, big-time big free agent quarterback. All right, stuff you should know about. Oh. A big problem with their big-time free agent good. quarterback. Whoa! And uh, Jason Stark in an hour. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This descent into decrepitude is going to be long and agonizing. Mackey and Judd. It's going to be absolutely horrific to watch. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost and get three lines each with unlimited gigs for 100 bucks a month, plus 20 gigs of mobile hotspot on each line. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. All right, Dave Harrigan, I got to know, what's wrong with the Vikings' high-priced free agent quarterback? Why did you give us that tease? I'm very nervous. Because we've got major problems, Judd. What is going on? The ratings for players, Madden 19, have begun leaking out. They're not all out. But there's a lot of names out there. There's three players in the entire NFL that are ranked 99, your highest possible rating. I imagine you could probably guess at least a couple of those three. Why top possible rating um, is Aaron Rodgers a 99? He's number one. Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady is not. He's a no, 97. The okay. other two are not. I don't play Madden. So there's a defensive player, a defensive lineman specifically, and a wide receiver. J.J. Watt? No. Because he's, he's yeah, broken down with the injuries. No. Uh, wide receiver, uh, old Beckham Jr. has had injuries. Yeah. Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald's a 99. Okay. There's a 99 receiver out there. Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair He enough. is listed as a 99. Now, some Vikings names are out there. For instance, you've got Harrison Smith. He's a 93. Hmm. Not so bad. You've got Xavier Rhodes. He's a 92. That's all right. <sighs> Boys, I have a list of the top 10 quarterbacks, according to Madden. Yeah. Judd hates video games. Look at him. Aaron Rodgers, 99. No, I'm Brady, 97. Yeah. Then the massive drop to Drew Brees at 90, which I think is. Wait, Drew outrageous. Brees is 90? That's not yes. fair. He is right? number three and seven points below Brady. That's ridiculous. It's aggressive. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, uh, three guys are tied at 86, uh, sixth on the list. So Roethlisberger, Luck, and Rivers. Yeah. And then you've got Carson Wentz, 85, Matthew Stafford, 83 to round out your top 10. Whoa. Okay. I don't even really disagree with the top 10 there. I've seen a Pretty list good. of Vikings, uh, not the whole group, but a list down to number 82. You're not finding the quarterback on that list, boys. What What's an average Madden rating? It's not 50. It would be like 75, 80, 77, somewhere that. in there. Well, let's look at this because there's also the entire teams that have been ranked Madden. Okay. And the team rankings run from 90 at the top, that's your Philadelphia Eagles, to the bottom 72 Jets. So I guess that makes your average kind somewhere of Somewhere like, in the 80-ish? Yeah, 80-ish range. Okay. Uh, Vikings as a team are an 82 overall. 
That is good for sixth best in the NFL, fourth in the NFC. The rest of the division goes Packers 79, uh, Lions 78, Bears 75. If we had Madden rankings for the 1500 ESPN staff, production and on air, we should do that later in the show. Would there be anyone near 100? Reavers would be a 97, I'm sure. On the take? Uh, well, that would be on the on the, the hot take. Oh, no, oh, if there's like 100. 10, if there's 100. 10 attributes and hot takery is one of them, he would be a 99 yeah. for sure. I know others who disagree. Think about the disrespect here for Kirk Cousins. I, this is motivation, gentlemen. Is it disrespect or is it truth? This I is don't motivation know. I'm for the entire I think it's season. usually truth, right? I mean, Uh-oh. they do a lot of research. They watch a lot of football, $84 million dollars guaranteed over three years for a guy that can't get uh, a high Madden ranking? Yeah, apparently he's terrible. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> All right. This is really worrisome. Whit Merrifield runs really fast. He plays for the Kansas City Royals. He's still on 15 bases this year. He's always a threat down the bases. It's a great baseball name, too. Yeah. Whit, Whit Merrifield. It is fantastic. Whit. Just uh, Whit, watch out when you're taking that lead against the big fella. He is a threat to run. 15 stolen bases this year. And oh. Bartolo picked him off. Sexy. How about Bartolo Clone? How many times have you heard Jeff Bannister talk about the quickness of his feet, the sneaky athleticism? So sneaky. He is sneaky. Did you so see it at all? Did you see the no, replay? No, I did no. not. The man can still move. He is nimble. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that, that's why he's the big sexy. Yes. When I think when I think Bartolo Clone, I think sneaky. Yes. But well, he does have quick feet for a guy who weighs like Sneaky athleticism, though. Who would have a better chance in the field at their current uh, just playing weight? Bartolo Cologne or Miguel Sano? Because I might take the agility oh, of... Oh, Bartolo Colon, The agility I think. of yeah. Bartolo Colon. I'd almost rather take Bartolo Colon swinging the bat, too. It's pretty close. They're probably both going to strike <laughs> oh. out, but at least one will do it with some entertainment value. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There's that. Uh, Phil, I don't know what's going on uh, with your favorite sport, but Ronda, Ronda lost her mind last yeah. night. Oh, takes down Bliss! And Ronda Rousey heard enough! Rousey provoked by the champion. This is inexcusable. Play of oh, Rousey took out the general manager. You can't put your hands on Kurt Angle. You can't do that. You can't put your hands on Thad Levine. <laughs> She's been Ma- Miguel Sano has taken out Thad Levine. <laughs> suspended so, for 30 days? What? Yeah, so she yeah, she took out uh she took out the general manager, Kurt Angle. So what she's doing on her Instagram now, she's counting down the days of the suspension, <laughs> saying like on at the end of the suspension. The reason all this fired up is because Alexa Bliss cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase at the very end yeah. of a match in which Ronda Rousey was about to win the women's championship. Yes. And Alexa Alexa Bliss comes in and hits Ronda with the briefcase, wins the championship. It would be like in regular sports, Judd, if at the end of Capitals versus Vegas, mm-hmm. if like the Penguins had a cash in a Stanley Cup finals game sure. briefcase okay. yeah. and uh-huh. Sidney Crosby came out. Right when the final horn was about to sound and said, actually, and he clobbers Alex Ovechkin over the head and says, no, actually, we get to skate for a period, and whoever scores a goal first wins, wins. right? All right, all right. right. Saranda's mad. She took out her anger. And uh, now she's counting down the days until she comes back and gets her revenge. or not? She's she's wrestled two matches, and she's been awesome in both matches. Okay. Yes. She has not been a disaster. (laughs) Yes. In the ring, she's great. 
Yeah, keep her away microphone, from the microphone. Terrible, Not but good. we can work on it. In that. the ring, she yeah, give her she thirty days of acting classes. And That's what I was going to say. So out. now yeah. they're going to send her back to acting. Send her to an improv class or something and <laughs> yeah. see what happens. Exactly. Uh, so Mike Leach is the football coach over at Washington State. He still has his job even after Sunday night. He got a little frisky on Twitter. Sending out a uh, heavily edited, very much BS uh, video of Barack Obama giving a speech that was, like I said, heavily edited and meant to show him saying something that I didn't actually say. And he was trying to do start a discussion on Twitter, he, uh, oh, he said. Good. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Washington State had to come out and give a statement as a private citizen. Mike Leach is entitled to his own opinions. Coach Leach's political views do not necessarily reflect the views of Washington State University students, faculty, and staff. We could talk about that, or we could just play old Mike Leach clips. <laughs> what do you think? I'd rather go with you. Let's do that, actually. Leach, let's, talk about, let's talk about fat girlfriends. As coaches, we failed... Uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. For one thing, their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are and how uh, how easy it's going to be. How about Bigfoot? I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is because <clears throat> we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of of Bigfoot. It's true. true, yeah. Point, that he's heard of anyway. Aliens? It's a valid Aliens, I suspect there is. And I don't know that they're um, <clears throat> they're little green men, and I don't know that they're specifically um, in our galaxy. Why wouldn't God build other Earths than other places? Why only this one? You know? And even if you're an evolution guy and lightning striking mud and, you know, popping in, I mean, I, I, I mean, and then, well, they say, well, the notion of God is far fetched. Oh, really? Striking mud and then to life, you know, sparking out of there and then it going like that? Well, I mean, well, that's just such an obvious, easy path to follow. <laughs> an evolution guy. If you believe in that type of stuff, Adam and Eve, come on, they're real. 651-646-8255 if you want to talk to Judd about, How about that. that apple? Break it down, Judd. Don't eat the apple, boys. Don't eat the apple. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, Judd's email is also uh, jzolgad <laughs> at 1500ESPN.com. Oh, 12 years Catholic school. I know <gasps> what I'm talking about here. I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, one garden. more. Yeah, sorry. One, sorry, one more. If uh, if you're playing soccer at the professional level and you've got a penalty kick, you should probably bury it, right? I mean, you'd think oh, so. Oh, I know right? where you're going now. Penalty yeah. given to Minnesota United. Miguel Ibarra draws contact, trying to level things for Minnesota United. Here's Quintero. And it's off the bar and cleared by Senderos. Yeah, they're out of the U.S. Open Cup, boys. Losing 1-0 to Houston Dynamo not, last night. Late game penalty kick not converted. How, how do you not get it on net? I mean, you've been playing soccer for a long time. You're paid huge bucks, right? This guy's paid. How do you not get it on that net? I think we have a Judd Zolgad. I think chance. I can get it on that net. Yes. I, think I can do that. I can kick it on. From there, I okay. will do it. Verbally binding. Oh, no, I'm in. I'm in. I will give you lessons. I've seen this. Well, there there's has no to be one a... standing in front of you, and you can kick it. Okay, but there's going to be a goalie in the net when you well, do that. I'm not saying I'll score for sure, but I can get it on the net. He All hit right. the post. My greatest moment as a soccer player, <laughs> goalie, came in eighth grade. You stopped it. Semifinals, <laughs> went down to PKs. I dove for the very first shot. It rang off the post, hit me in the face, and went in the goal. <laughs> No! Knocked my Rex specs off. 
<laughs> so if but I, after if, that, I got up and stopped the next four. I think maybe three of them missed the net, but wow. I at least made one save. So if you hadn't even been in net for the first one, correct, your team would have been better off. Like would have been they, better they, off. If I, but we still won the match and then won the next game for the league championship. Judd, if I want this, you to shoot against you, me. You are, and you've got to wear the Rexbacks. I don't think I have them. Let's go get you a new pair. Fine. I want you we'll wearing out some way to do you, it. You can play goal. I will shoot against you. I love it. Can we Five do shots. I guarantee you won't make more than one. Uh, where's okay, the near- let's, let's, do let's do this tomorrow if we can. Where is the nearest? There's got to be a park somewhere. Probably the same park. We'll, let's oh, go we'll to, find one. We'll go to your, whatever home park you feel comfortable in, Judd. A soccer park? You We're going to have to find yeah. a soccer net. <laughs> Do you think there's not goals let's out find there? A, let's, let's find, find ourselves Let's find a, a place with a soccer goal. Oh my God. Uh, Jason Stark. Oh, it's going to be tough. Join us in 45 minutes. Yeah. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Baby. On 1500 ESPN. Jeffrey. Bill Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Four hours of trauma. <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a digital HD download of Shooter Season 2 on Thursday, June 21st. Ryan Phillippe returns as Bob Lee Swagger in the hit USA original drama Shooter. In the new season, Bob Lee confronts conspiracy and corruption as he struggles to find out the truth about his father's murder from executive producers Mark Wahlberg and Steven Levinson comes the exciting new season of Shooter. It premieres Thursday, the 21st, 9 o'clock on USA Network. Head to 1500ESPN.com and click on the stream player for details on how you can win season two. Thank you, Dave. Hey, real quick, Judd, before we get into our pecking order here at the top of the hour, and then Jason Stark at 11.30, what were your, when Collar was in yesterday, what were the, the general takes on the Phil Mickelson thing from Saturday? Uh, that basic, Basically, we both said, and I think most agreed with us, that the golf world's reaction to what Phil did was over-the-top crazy. I it mean, people pretty, were going, people were, were freaking out. And the thing, that, the thing that I kept coming back to was, if you want to be mad at Phil, that's fine. But the notion that this somehow was going to ruin golf and that the children, what are the children <laughs> going to do now that they've seen Phil cheat? Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, this is Phil. We've always known this about Phil. Fans liked him, but this is how he is. It was another for this over the top reaction as if somehow the game should shut down, should just board it up. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I do agree that the diehard golf people definitely overreacted. Uh, and there are rules built in. They've cited, they, and now they, the argument is, well, they cited one rule that's a two-stroke penalty, but really it should have been this other rule, which is an automatic disqualification, and maybe there's a debate in there. It's like a flagrant one or a flagrant two in the NBA. You know you're following a guy by whacking upside the head, and then they have to determine, okay, there's there are rules for this, and we do have punishments for this. Um, but... I think it's also fair to say that in that moment, Phil Mickelson wasn't calculating as that ball is rolling down the hill. Well, I know that if I go, and if I go over and to it, then there's going to be a yes. two-stroke penalty. He definitely was not. The best part was the next morning, they have a guy who does these sort of wacky features, and they went back to the same hole, and it was the same hole location, and they rolled the ball the same speed and, and said, okay, what would happen if Phil Mickelson hadn't stopped the ball? How far would it have rolled? And it would have rolled, in fairness to Phil, he was right. It would have rolled off the green and down and around the bunker to the left, like <laughs> yep. 50 yards away from where he putted it originally. Mm-hmm. And so you then would have had to hit a ball up and over the bunker to a concrete you know, frying pan green or play kind of an over and up situation that would have been almost impossible to. So 
I think his strategy was definitely revisionist history, but the strategy in terms of like just trying to minimize the amount of strokes that it's going to take to get the ball in the hole was was the right one. And so. if they had DQ'd him, guess what? I don't think he cares. I think he'd say, peace out, see you, bye. Actually, there's another, com- I've been terrible. there's another component to this that the public loves Phil Mickelson and thinks because he's smiling Phil Mickelson, yeah. but a lot of people who know him behind the scenes, Curtis Strange, for instance, who interviewed him and is on ESPN, they all kind of know that you know, Phil almost got clubbed for insider trading, and Phil can be kind of a Phil's different behind the scenes than he is maybe to the public perception, and that felt like it was coming out in their assessment of well, he should have just withdrawn, and it was almost and like if you could I go wanted, beneath the surface, it was he's a worse guy than you think wanted, he though. is. Just yeah. say it. Just say this is Mickelson for all you yeah. fans that think he's this great guy. He's not. He's a horse's ass, and this is Mickelson. <laughs> That's, That's what, what is, I right? wanted from people. It's like they were looking for a yeah, reason to say instead, that. Instead, they, they were acting like the game had somehow been violated in a way to, it would never recover from. Yeah. And, and I wanted them just to say, this is Phil. Yes. Yeah. And we some, hate him. And some have, but not the, probably not the, like, Joe, like if Joe Buck knows it, Joe Buck, if you were just listening to Joe Buck's commentary, it reminded Vikings fans a lot of his overreaction to the Randy Moss mooning incident, where there was... Clearly a backstory that he didn't like Randy Moss or thought Randy Moss was a a DB of some kind. Yeah. I don't know. I think the golf world will be fine. Phil Mickelson will carry on. He celebrated in in profound fashion the next day when he got up and down on 13 and put his arms in the air. It was actually funny. Yeah. So he handled it I enjoyed that. Uh, Pecking order when we come back, and it relates to a trip that Judd's going on this weekend and Jason Stark at 1130.